Okay, we are live episode 101. That would be one after 100, 101. Asha Abalasha, nailed it. I know. Uh, Mason Dixie, and I've got Diraj Goel, Get Fresh Ventures, welcome to the show. Thank you. Asha, uh, we did something together. I forget what it was or a couple little things. So I, I'm excited about this one. I know your brand. I know you. I like you. I like what you're doing. I like what you've been doing. Give us the story about Mason Dixie. When did it start? What is the story? Yes, we started in 2014 as a restaurant uh, in Washington, D.C. with the goal of changing how Southern cuisine is looked at in America. I wanted everything to be fresh, homemade, just like your mom made it. Um, so quickly, once we launched the restaurant, there was a lot of buzz and we'd run out of food because we had so many people online. So eventually that manifested itself into a frozen consumer product line that got discovered by Whole Foods. And fast forward six years now, um, we're the third best selling frozen biscuit in the country. Um, and we are now Mason Dixie Foods as of last year instead of just Mason Dixie Biscuit Company. Uh, now that we have frozen pastries and ready to eat handhelds in the market. Food company. But before we get into the now, let's get back to where we started. How did you transition from the restaurant into CPG? What was the first product and what can you remember was the first thing that you did? Our first product was the biscuit. It was a frozen biscuit puck. Um, lucky for us, obviously, we already were making them for the restaurant. So it was really resizing it and formatting it for, you know, consumer purchase. Right. Um, I'd say, though, you know, it's not very easy to do what we did back in the day. It was still wild, wild west. You know, there weren't a, as many rules and you could sling biscuits out the back of a drive through restaurant and no one really blinked twice. Um, now a lot harder to do that. And, you know, there there aren't those foragers that are out there going to food halls anymore, checking out, you know, what's the coolest option and transforming that into consumer products anymore. Um, which is what we were lucky enough to experience when we were getting started. So uh, a lot's changed in the last six years. Slanging out the trunk like old CDs. That's you right. Know or, you know or you know. Um, let's talk about that transition, even from what would have been a kitchen, still commercial, into maybe co-packing. Give us that first call. What did that look like for those that are up and coming in CPG? Yeah, so we held on to self-manufacture as long as we could. Um, and then we got Kroger and Publix um, awarded us, you know, a shot. Um, and that scale up was way too big for us to run out of the back of the restaurant. So um, the search was hard. We had to get really nitty gritty. Obviously, being a, I call it a commodity item, even, if, even though we're not. But, you know, we're one-to-one we're -one with what other you know, mainstream conventional items are. And in that, Matt, in that, in that essence, we're competing with billion dollar boys for manufacturing time. Right. So very, very hard to find, but we ended up kind of navigating that through ingredient suppliers. And then eventually we found our first co-man, um, 2017. Got it. 2017. It's a good year kind of to fast forward to, I think you, you kind of have your footing. Uh, what did the business look like are you able to do anything as far as direct to consumer at the time, or is it strictly getting it from the kitchen into, into some masters and getting it to uh, the freezer aisle uh, of these retailers that you were partnering with? So when we first couldn't do drop shipping, this is still, I mean, people forget the drop shipping world is brand new when it comes to perishables. I mean, we couldn't find a single person that wanted to hold a frozen case worth our life. 
And for us to even do it was hard because dry ice was pretty much banned in most of DC. So um, we really didn't start shipping um, on drop shipping until 2018. And we were one of the first pilot concepts on Gold Belly uh, for frozen shipping. That's a, that's a, that's a good story. And, it, and it's a, a great uh, sort of, it, there's a lot of information there. People even pulling out today as, as far as direct to consumer, people don't necessarily understand the hurdles as far as frozen or even refrigerated. There's just those, those extra steps that need to take place. Sometimes it actually doesn't even work uh, because of, it's just cost prohibitive. So um, it, as you're moving forward, what does the team look like? What did you have to assemble at that time as far as yourself, founder, probably grinding it out, you know, wearing multiple hats, as they say, but did you add some team members and what did that look like? So lucky for us, we had, um, I'm sorry, I'm hearing a little bit of feedback. You guys okay. hearing that? Okay. Um, so, so lucky for us, we had the restaurant, right? So we were able to kind of transition some of our restaurant employees to supporting us on the manufacturing side in the beginning, but really to run the business, it was just myself and my business partner, Ross, um, really until 2018. I mean, you got to be in the grind. You have to be touching the product. You have to know what, you know, the ins and outs are. And Hey, there's no guidebook to how to become a frozen biscuit company out there. So, you know, you have to be your own best person. And the only way to do it is to get your hands dirty. And even today, I mean, I'll still, like, I was at these marketing events down south for, you know, last two weeks. And I'm, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands and handing out product and sweating my nads off in, you know, Nashville in 100 degree heat. You got to do it. Um, You got to be there. And you can't just be a back of desk CEO founder. It just, it will never work. Sweating nads off. She's the mayor. Kissing babies. I love it. I like you a lot. Um, I would like to just remind everybody, no, there is no book that you go to. I don't even know. Is the bookstore open? I don't, I don't want to, you know, hash up anything uh, weird around here. Um, uh, is Barnes and Nobles open? I have no idea. Uh, but if there's no book that is titled, how do you build a frozen, what would you call it? I mean, back then it was just frozen biscuits, right? It was still simple. Frozen biscuit empire. That's right. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Let's go now into some fundraising. Just, you know, we don't necessarily need to, I let the, the founder tell us as much as they want, but, you know, you're now into it for four or five years. Would you say that you've brought in, is it a half a million dollars by that time to people so they really understand the requirements, right? We'll get into the now, which I think is very different than even three years ago, at least from what I've seen thus far, right? Being part of this thing. Um, you know, capital requirements, what's the need? What's the desire? What's the, you know, what, 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 what did that look like for you? So again, like we have the restaurant, right? So all of the honestly, every cash receipt from that restaurant was basically cash flowing the business up until 2018. So for almost four years, we took in, we, we used our own, um, you know, savings. We, you know, took out lines of credit, credit cards, personal loans. I mean, we did it all bootstrapped. And then obviously the cash flow from the restaurant business supporting the other side. But when it got too big to do that, um, the first amount of money we raised in 2018 was a million dollars. And even that, um, a more majority of that was gone to the restaurant too. We still had um, two restaurant locations. So I'd say about $350,000 went to the consumer product side. And 
you know, we've been really smart about use of cash. And I, I try to emphasize this in as many people as I mentor and people that I chat with. You need to know where your cash is going and you got to be real clear about when it's going to run out. And we were. And we said we wanted to hit a certain benchmark before we actually did another Series A raise for a legitimate amount of capital. And um, we hit those benchmarks earlier than we thought. And that's when we decided to actually raise a lot more money. It's just, I see so many founders out there that go after a lot of cash. This is not tech. You do not need alphabet soup to do this, but you do need to understand how to hold on to your equity as long as possible until the concept's proven. Well said. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in that. I, I almost want to do a series. I'd love to grab you and some others that are just in the thick of it. There's a lot to be said about you, know, you get too much money or is little not enough. You know, there's 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 stories within each of those, right? And even for us right now, um, we're we're doing an A, which I, I wasn't a, didn't know when this was going to happen or what it should and what the number was going to look like, but. There's a, there's a theme now too, at least where we are at, they want to write bigger checks, right? So there's a lot to unpack with that. And then there's just the reverse of, of when does that happen? And do you have access to the capital? Because that's the other piece too. Who has, who has the access? Some have it a lot easier than others, even with unproven stuff. Um, right. Again, a lot to unpack with that. Just, just kind of keeping the transparency out there, which I know you like to talk about too. So I think we could we could wrap on that a lot. Um, let's get into the now. Uh, it's 21, it's summer, uh, you know, you were sweating down there in this, I think the Southeast. Uh, give us a glimpse of, of what just happened with you there. Why were you there? It kind of gives a, a, a sort of a formation of what the, what the brand's doing right now. Yeah, so we um, just launched into market in May, our first, the first ever natural frozen biscuit handheld sandwich, right? So sausage, egg, and cheese all the way. Um, simple platform, like we always promised, you know, our biscuits, seven to nine simple ingredients, nitrate-free sausage, 100% certified real egg. Um, and we hit Whole Foods um, starting in May. We've gone gangbusters there. And then the next big account that hit um, shortly thereafter is Publix. But you know, this is a big struggle for natural brands, right? You could do a lot at, at Whole Foods. You could do a lot of brand awareness building because that consumer is trained to be a part of that brand visioning and, you know, the intimate details. But when you get into conventional, um, there's a lot of rules and, and a lot of retailers are very strict about breaking them. You can't even give your public buyer a pen to use if there's run out, you know, during a meeting. So um, trial is really hard on a new product like this with, with a huge market opportunity. So to do what we could, we've kind of, went gorilla and we've partnered with some interesting um co co-marketing opportunities so we partnered with some ice cream shops um black owned ice cream shops in atlanta woman owned ice cream shops in nashville and we basically set up shop in front of their scoop shops we know it's hot so we knew there's gonna be people out there handing out sandwiches handing out coupons handing out swag um, really trying to get people to try the product. And, um, you know, it's hard work, but it's the best way to do it. You've got to get in front of that customer, whichever way you can. I love uh, that. I just envisioned that, of course, and seeing you out there and with the team. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. I think there's there's a lot to be said about activation today. Um, I was just jotting this down just so that I like really understand fundamentally. I'm excited to do that. Um, especially if, you know, you get, you get a little bit of that money, you, you do need it. You're, you, it's marketing spends and the like, and I, I think activation to a physical activation is key. Uh, you're just bringing like just 
that energy that needs to be brought because there's not many that are doing it maybe because they don't have the ability to right financially and the like but you, just, you have to get you have to get smart and um and innovative when it comes to even those things right people talk too much about the actual product and i'm innovating and no no you're not or not really but you're like where are you going to get innovative around the business um so that's really cool Let's close it up. Uh, let us know what does this look like in 12 months? Um, so long, this other stuff. I'm hearing these things. I just walked into, the, I had to go to the bank and they told me to put my mask back on. I'm like, oh, snap, snap. Anyway, sorry, that's my own uh, thing. Um, if all stays the course here and we don't get railroaded again uh, by, you know, what does 22 look like for, for you guys? What, what does the business look like? So we've diversified a lot. Um, lucky for us, we are frozen. And frozen's had some of its best years ever, um, thanks to COVID. But I will say, um, I think for all consumer brands, it is the time to really diversify outside of traditional, natural, conventional channels. Food service is changing. Uh, bulk products that need to be cooked and sat out on a buffet ain't going to cut it anymore. You guys are already wrapping stuff up, you know, like there are people out there that are looking for that. Even the buying space has changed. The airline industry went through a complete upheaval and all those buyers are gone. The old school buyers that are just clicking the same button, you know, now there are a bunch of young people who are like, why don't we have vegan options? Why don't we have better for you options on airplanes? So getting out there, getting into the trends that are shifting the dynamics of how people consume food today. This is our role. I mean, everyone in this industry's role right now. And so for us, we're launching in a really big way. We have a huge partnership we're about to announce here in the fall um, that gets our brand into a very different arena than we are used to in traditional grocery. Um, but exploring alternative channels is really the way to go right now. Well said. Uh, I've said this multiple times. Nobody can figure out which because I, I leave it g generic when I say this. Sometimes I have founders on here, 101 episodes. I can't even believe it, right? Um, we just had Keith Belling on. We know him. Like, he knows his stuff. He's like, he, like, he knows his stuff, right? We, we didn't even have enough time where he could, he could drill you on. So I have founders on who, who just get it. I, I just do that one. They, they just get it. You are one of them. Thank you. <laughs> you are one of them. And um, and I respect that a lot. Uh, and so kudos to you and everything you're doing. Um, I'll put your info up there shortly. Garage, it's time to unmute. We're about to get after it, my friend. <laughs> get Fresh Ventures. Give it to us. So um, this is great. Thank you for uh, inviting me on this. And Aisha, thank you for t uh, telling your story. There is no manual, um, so to speak, in terms of building CPG companies, especially in the changing landscape of how CPG needs to be sold, uh, where distribution can't be depended on with stores closing with the pandemic and such. Uh, so what our firm does is um, myself, I come from 25 years in building uh, tech companies, taking a very data-driven approach, a very digital-focused uh, uh, customer acquisition strategy, and also the metrics around the financials, making the, those companies investable from a investor standpoint of uh, and uh, having a deep understanding of how investors value companies. And then taking all that experience and bringing it into the CPG space. Um, CPG companies essentially, uh, for the most part, are looking to sell the next toothpaste. You know, you sell breakfast uh, sandwiches, preferably your customers are buying it for every morning. 
And that customer is likely a mom uh, who's got to get breakfast organized for their kids and needs something rapid or a millennial who's about to head out to work and needs to understand the protein component and make sure it's healthy, even though it's frozen. That demographic and understanding the demographic, understanding how to reach out to them, understanding how to build a business that's metrics and data driven against the financials that investors care about, that's what we do. So we actually built the manual on how to do this. And we worked with several uh, companies in the CPG space, ranging anywhere from food products to, uh, to wellness products and helping them build their digital uh, strategy and their go-to-market strategy that is truly investable. And then also bringing the investors to the table. We are what you would call a venture studio or a venture catalyst. Uh, we sit in between the founder and the VC uh, and or the investor uh, in helping the founder on a framework-based uh, model of building the CPG company where we do bring the manual. We can't help you solve a, a very specific problem around dry ice uh, and shipping uh, in a cold chain, but we can definitely tell you where you should sell, uh, where that's possible and how to acquire those customers digitally. Uh, for example, one of our portfolio companies is a company called Social Nature, which I'm sure both of you have heard of. Uh, the, and the entire model there is giving you activation uh, uh, access geographically as well as through, uh, uh, through a, a, a digital uh, a paradigm. That's what we do. So we work with companies like yourself and, 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 and uh, like yours, uh, Mark, as well in helping you get to a point of investable and also a structured execution path for growth. I like all that, that's for sure. And uh, and I do like those little things. You would have to know it and really understand it. I talk balanced nutrition all the time. So the fact that you point out a few things about her product line that are um, factual, uh, I really like because you that means you got it. So um, Diraj, good stuff. I'm putting your info there. Asha, putting your info there. You have a spectacular week. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Appreciate it.